0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the channel. This week I would like to discuss with you how we make things happen using the Word of God. Step number one to making things happen is that you have to hear and understand what you're hearing. You have to understand it linguistically, meaning you have to understand the language that's being spoken to you as well as relationally, meaning that you have to understand how this can relate to someone's life, even if it's not yours. The second step to making things happen using the Word of God is that you have to receive it and accept it as truth. When you hear it and you understand it, then you receive it as truth. You accept it as truth. The third step to making things happen using the word of God is that you have to put a proper valuation on it, meaning that you have to say, okay, this is what I want to use as a core value. This is what I want to value in my life. And so you have to put a little bit of a price and valuation on the word of God. The last and most important step to making things happen using the word of God is to do what it says. You do the word of God. So those are the four steps as quickly and as concisely as I can say them. You have to understand it, you have to receive it, you have to value it, and you have to do it. Now, for the pitfalls, when you hear the Word of God, if you don't understand it, meaning the preacher uses words that you don't understand, or the Bible is written in a way that you don't understand, or you don't understand how it relates to human life, meaning that you hear a sermon or you read something in the Bible, but you don't really understand how it can apply to anybody's life that you know, let alone yours, you set yourself up to have the devil come and snatch the word away from you immediately. The Bible says he snatches it immediately when you don't understand it. So how do you combat this? You combat it the way that I do. You can go to God and ask him to explain it to you. The second pitfall that you can have when you are trying to manifest the word or promises of God is that you receive it and you see how it can be an answer to your prayer, how it can be a way forward, but you don't already have disciplines and practices in your own life that you are engaged in that you can just plug this method into. What does that mean? That means... A lot of people will hear the word of God and they see and they sense and they understand it to be an answer to what they're seeking. In other words, how do I get out of depression? Oh, my pastor just preached on that. I can see how that would be my answer for an example, but they are not disciplined in other areas of their life and certainly not with the word, meaning that they don't have a committed study time, that they don't usually pray, that they don't do thus and so, they don't have these disciplines already to keep their flesh under so that when they hear the word of God and they get really excited about it, because they're not disciplined already, they don't have this core value of disciplining themselves to submit to the word of God, then the devil will send persecutions to them immediately and they will crumble. In other words, it will become too hard for them to keep up with the discipline of applying the word. The third pitfall to manifesting the word of God has to do with evaluation. Most people, once they understand the word of God, they accept it as the truth and they decide they're going to act on it, place it in a position of value in their heart for a moment. And they'll say, yes, I believe that that is the best plan for me, that that's God's best for me, and that's what I really want to do. But if the answer takes too long in getting to them, they will back off. They do this in a couple ways. They'll say, oh, well, that's great, but I have to live in the real world. Or they'll say, oh, that's great, but I have to do all these other things so I can't focus all my time and attention on manifesting the Word of God. Where you see this happen a lot in mature Christians' life is that they'll start to manifest a little bit of the word of God, and then the devil will put something in their path. And what will happen is they'll get tempted to bring about the word of God in a different way. In other words, not a way that God prescribed. We saw this when Jesus was tempted by the devil. The devil wasn't threatening Jesus's call or what God had promised Jesus. The devil was tempting Jesus to go about getting it a different way. And so, the Bible says that the deceitfulness of riches will choke the word. So what this looks like in real life is that say you're believing God for, I don't know, a hundred dollars and you are just set on believing God for this hundred dollars, but then it takes a little bit to get to you for whatever reason. And you say to yourself, you know, I could just sell this or sell that, or I could go work a couple of extra hours and get the money. And that's fine if that's what God tells you to do. But if he doesn't tell you to do that, if he sits you down and says, I want you just to be in a faith walk with me and you do something else, that is where the deceitfulness of riches have gotten you. In my own life, I did experience this. There was a time when God said to me, I want to be your provider and I don't want you to work. And I was in dire financial straits at that point. And I was offered a job making a very significant amount of money. But literally, I heard God say, if you take this, you're bringing about my blessing in a way that I'm not telling you to at this season of your life. And it wasn't sinful. It was just sinful at that moment because God told me to do it a different way, if that makes sense. So that's one way that the deceitfulness of riches can choke the word. Another way is that you just you put a value on it, but you just see yourself as being occupied with other things. In other words, you say, okay, this is my Christian life and I'm going to try to live up to these standards, but then I have this other life over here. I've got to work, I've got to do this, I've got to do that instead of solely relying on God. And sometimes you can rely on God and still do all those other things, but you didn't submit to him for your instruction with those other things. That's a whole different discussion that I'm not going to get into. The fourth pitfall is a little bit unusual because you are bringing forth fruit. In Matthew 13, it says that the fruit comes 100 hundredfold, then 60, then 30. And then in Mark four, it's inverted, it's 30, 60, 100. And the reason for that is because in Mark four, it just says that the person with the good ground just received the word, meaning that they have a good valuation on the word, they understood it, they accepted it as the truth, and they want it to be a core value. And they haven't let anything really distract them from that. They really do believe that, but they're not working the word. In other words, they're not making an effort to manifest it. At 30, it manifests on its own. And then the person realizes that the word of God is manifesting in their life. And then they begin to work it. So it goes from 30, which is just on its own, to 60 to 100, where the person is actually Doing it. Anyway, those are the four ways that you make things happen. One, you understand it both linguistically and relationally. Two, you accept it and receive it as the truth. Three, you put a high value on it as a core value and say that it is higher and more important to you than anything else in the world. And four, you do it. You do the Word of God until it manifests. All right, beloved, I'm going to shut this down for now, but remember that I love you and that Jesus loves you.